Hello, everyone. Happy Memorial Day and welcome to Schoolja, a podcast by teachers all about the weird, wild, and downright wacky world of education. This is Clint. Chad is out this week, but we'll still manage to hear from him in a little bit. I hope you're having a fantastic three-day weekend and are as excited about the end of the school year as we are. For this holiday weekend, we thought we'd take a bit of time off to spend with family and friends. So today, we're serving up some of our favorite opening segments from the archive. First off, we'll be traveling down the path of the disgusting with a couple of our grossest classroom tales from our third episode of season two. Okay, so what we'd really like to start things off with is a a little bit of story time, like a kind of mental palate cleanser. Teachers spend at least eight hours per day with children, and as fun as that is, there's one thing that everyone can agree on when it comes to kids. They're cute. No, they're disgusting. From picking noses to eating scabs, kids might say the darndest things, but they do the grossest. Okay, that's true. So we're going to take a few minutes to tell you about some of the grossest things we've experienced in our classrooms. We're going to limit ourselves to just one story apiece so we don't overwhelm the gag reflex of all you listening out there. I'll go first, and just so everybody's aware, I'm in the perfect environment for this discussion because uh, my dog decided to pee on our carpet last night. Um, I'm definitely (laughs) in a gross environment ready to tell you this gross story. Uh, It's a short one, but a good one. I used to teach, I don't know if you guys still have this, but the advisory period. It's like homeroom. Yeah, it's like a homeroom. And you have everybody from freshmen all the way up to seniors. You have them all four years of their high school experience. And you also need to know, before I start this story, that Astoria High School has carpeted classrooms. So I'm sitting there taking and roll, reading the announcements, going over the stuff that's going on, and I look and I see one of my fairly new-to-the-class freshmen is just slowly turning a lighter and lighter shade of green. <laughs> and I look over at him, and I don't remember his name anymore. We're going to call him Alex. I looked at him, and I was like, Alex, are you doing okay? And he had like this, his lips were super tight, and he kind of just shook his head at me, and then clamped his hand over his mouth, stood up and started to run for the door. But before he made it to the door, he started to throw up. (laughs) But he kept his hand over his mouth. So you know how you can't really close your knuckles all the way? And so there's little spaces in between your fingers? Well, vomit shot through the little spaces in like a a sprinkler, like the (laughs) kind of sprinkler. I don't know what happened. As soon as he started throwing up, he like froze there and it just kept shooting out across the room, like four or five feet out. And thankfully he didn't hit anybody, but just like all over the carpet. And the rest of the kids are like scrambling to get out of the way. (laughs) I'm standing there dumbfounded at first and then like running to get a garbage can. But he got out of his, oh no, I'm throwing up to I need to get out of here and just started booking it out of the room. He ran outside and then just unloaded outside for like, I don't know, it was probably like 15 seconds, but it seemed like forever. I went out with the garbage can to the kid and like made sure he was okay and sent him down to the office because he clearly needed to go home. Uh, Later he told me, I told my mom I wasn't feeling well and she made me go to school anyway. So uh, thanks a lot, mom. But it was was super gross and unpleasant. That's pretty gross, yeah. Okay, all right, what have you got? You know, I've seen a few gross things in my day. I mean, being a football coach, I've seen a few broken arms and bent fingers and things like that. And those definitely give me the heebie-jeebies. But I got one that takes the cake. When I was an assistant principal at Astoria High School, we had, for a time, uh, and you know this story, Clint, um, for for a good couple months, what we, I guess, affectionately begin to call the brown bomber. Um, we had a rogue, uh, secret pooper that was 
dropping bombs probably i don't know once a week once every couple weeks in inappropriate and odd places for example they they were all done in the in the boys bathroom but the first incident i believe i was called to a bathroom because someone had pooped in the urinal you know that has happened it's not super creative but it's still disturbing there was a sink incident where the brown bomber had pooped in the sink so that was starting to stretch things a little bit probably the one that took the cake was um there was a bathroom room and it was uh, right next to the main office. I mean, mm. it was a single use bathroom with a with a locked door. So it would take some bravery to go into that bathroom and do anything wrong because you're literally feet away from the assistant principal's office. And the brown bomber had pooped down the side of the wall and just I walk in there and there's just a big pile of poop sitting right in the floor and a big mark all the way down the wall. Wait. So Okay, wait, wait. How how? How? How I, do you poop well, on the wall? <laughs> Did he just, do you think that this person just like spread cheek and pushed his butt yes. against the wall and then let it fly? Like like some kind of the, weird Play-Doh um, experiment? Yes. The evidence pattern on the wall would, uh, <laughs> the forensics team that came in and analyzed it, which was me, um, <laughs> that, w- that was our conclusion. Uh, that that is what happened. Based on the evidence, I believe that's what happened because there was there was markings all the way down. Oh gosh, there was a few other ones. I think there was a trash can, but it's almost like one of those murder movies where you got this crazy serial killer out there. Only we had somebody pooping. I mean, I was checking cameras. I was having <laughs> teachers, you know, report to me of uh, you know what time students were leaving to the bathroom. I had a few suspects, but could never quite pin them down. So it actually ended, I believe. We had a we had a staff member at our school who had a son that was a junior oh, in, yeah. in high school, and one evening he's sitting around the dinner table with the son, and he, they're talking about it. And his son's like, "Yeah, man, everyone's talking about this pooper." And John, the the staff member, says to his son, "Yeah, I I hear that they're they're actually taking some DNA samples of the poop and they're sending it in." And uh, getting it analyzed, so they should, you know, they should be able to nail this perpetrator here real soon because they're <laughs> going to get this DNA back. And and the thought is that the next day the kid came to school and started spreading that rumor because literally after that conversation, the brown bomber stopped. I believe it was a it was just a a regular citizen that put that to an end. And I appreciate the work of of everyone in the building. That is my story, the Brown Bomber. It is kind of one of those sayings that will probably haunt me forever because I never got him. Uh, But it was pretty gross. It was pretty gross. All right. Well, do any of you guys out there have a grosser story than either of ours? I bet our elementary school teachers have some doozies. Yes. Want to see if you can make us sick? Shoot us an email at schooljapodcast.com or post it on our Facebook page at schooljapod for everyone to see. We love to play dumb little games for our openers, so we thought we'd give you one of those, too. This one comes from our Halloween episode, which we released on October 28th, 2018. So last season, one of our favorite segments was our Would You Rather Teacher Edition. Yes, it was. And we had so much fun forcing each other to choose between two horrible options, we couldn't help but bring it back. The rules to this game are simple. Each of us comes up with one teacher duty that sucks, along with some other horrible thing that no one would want to do. Then we ask each other which one we would rather do and discuss our choices. And neither one of us knows what the other person pick. Okay, I'll go first. All right, bring it. So, would you rather be asked to present the new initiative that your school has implemented at a school board meeting where you are the last item on the agenda right after public comment 
on the proposed change of the controversial high school mascot <laughs> or go through a professional haunted house where the actors are allowed to touch you with me as your trusty companion who will probably need you to hold my hand. <laughs> Oh, man, this is good. So a little backstory with this. Clint and I did walk through a non-professional haunted house one time that was put on by some students in our school, and you were the worst partner ever. <laughs> First of all, uh, give credit to the students. It was pretty scary. You had to walk through these different classrooms. All the lights were off. They had, like, these old medical beds, and creepy kids were laying in them, and blood all. It was pretty good. Uh, but you screamed like a small child multiple times. Right. And made it way more scary for me, in fact. So a professional one would probably be ten times worse. I would need um, you to hold me, Chad. Right. I understand that. The flip side of that is I have been to many of these types of presentations you're talking about. <laughs> to say that they go sideways would almost be a compliment. I would have to really, really, really believe in the new initiative. <laughs> I'd have to really feel like, oh, I love this and this is something I want to do because if I didn't, it would be even worse. Uh, with that all said, there is no doubt in my mind I would rather walk through a haunted house with you. Yay! That makes me that <laughs> makes me really happy because I was going to be kind of sad and a little hurt if you went with the... Uh, if for no other reason, the stories that I would have after that would be priceless. Oh, yeah. The thing I remember sure. doing and, and that I do in most haunted houses is when I walk through, I point at the people that are there and I'm like, you're not real! There's a man! <laughs> He's standing over there! And you, you're not going to touch me because I see you! And... Uh, I just get super like jabbery talking. You like talk. You like talk yourself out of the fear. Right, and it or doesn't work. And it's not good. So yeah. Well, okay. thanks, man. That makes me feel good. Yeah. Well, this one is kind of related, but not, but not too much. But I think we're on the same vibe here. Oh, good. As we are getting close to Halloween. All right. Here are your options. Okay. Would you rather chaperone a all-night lock-in with uh, 45 freshman students? And I will say that they are not all the most well-behaved. There's some behavior issues. In your building, all-nighter from 5 p.m. To, to the next morning. Or would you rather stay the night in your school or perhaps maybe a school that you've been in before that's even spookier by yourself for an entire night? Okay. Cause, and, I, and I bring this up, Clint, because I've had to go to our school and other schools in the middle of the night before. In fact, the night that they had that haunted house that you and I walked through, the alarm went off. And I went oh. in there about 2 a.m. and had to walk through that. And it was pretty horrifying. Yeah, I can understand that. So my two options are I have to spend the entire night with 45 freshmen. Am I the only chaperone? No, we'll assume that there's a few more. But the numbers are not in your favor. Like the Hunger Games. Right. So I have to deal with a bunch of kids kids being annoying all night and I also have to plan stuff and have them have activities because they're not going to sleep and my other option is just to be in the school by myself all night long yes well that I I can imagine that being a little bit creepy especially in an older school where like mm -hmm. you still have radiator heating and so it, there's like lots of clanking noises and unpleasantness there and they kind of smell bad and the school doesn't generally have super comfortable places to lie down and take a nap am I having to stay awake all night long or is it just I have to spend the night no you just got to stay the night well, I think for this one, as much as I love spending time with kids, I think I would just go into my classroom and turn on Amazon or Netflix <laughs> and watch a lot of TV until I fell asleep. Sounds like a nice, relaxing evening. It's basically how I live my life, <laughs> just in a big, empty classroom. I might do some 
uh, what's the name of that risky business, but not in my underwear, like <laughs> dancing in the halls. I think that could be fun. I think I'd have a good time in the school by myself. Good choice. Good choice. To wrap up today's show, we reached back to a year ago when we pulled a couple of stories from the news about educators behaving badly. I think we missed a big opportunity to call it Teachers Gone Wild, but that may have had other connotations. Okay, so the phrase, there's no such thing as bad publicity, has been around for years, and it basically means that getting your organization in the public eye, for good or for ill, will always help out the organization in the long run. Yeah, and we take issue with this idea, at least in education, because we've gathered together a couple of educational news stories that certainly are not going to help out the people involved in any way. (laughs) For our first news item, I will refer you to the world of school rivalries. Chad, what's the worst thing you can think of to do to a rival school? Uh, Well, probably the worst thing would be to burn it down. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's... That's true. That's a little extreme. That's a pretty good one, but uh, it's yeah. it's wrong, actually. Uh, burning down the school is one thing, but the answer is secretly pooping on the rival school's track and football field <laughs> on a daily basis. Okay, you're right. That wins. Uh, so here's the poop scoop, and this comes from USA Today earlier in May. New Jersey police have charged Kenilworth Public Schools Superintendent Thomas Tramaglini with relieving himself in public early Monday morning after school officials reported finding daily deposits of excrement by an athletic field. Tramaglini, 42, was issued citations on Monday for public urination or defecation, discarding and dumping of litter, which I think is a great phrase, and lewdness. Holmdel High School staff alerted a school resource officer and athletic coaches that they were finding human feces at or near the track and football field on a daily basis. The SRO or the school resource officer, along with school staff, monitored the area and was able to identify a subject responsible for the acts. And then People Magazine adds that Tramaglini served as superintendent of Kenilworth Public Schools in New Jersey, a neighboring school district to Holmdel High School. Wow. So this guy was basically dropping deuces on the rival school as a superintendent every day. Man, that is some school spirit. The spirit stick indeed. (laughs) You know, the thing I can't get over on this is that the school resource officer had to investigate and do a stakeout to see who was leaving this on the track. That would be quite an adventure in itself. Oh, gosh, I would not want to do that. But I guess he just felt he had to do his duty. (laughs) You're the worst. (laughs) I kind of admire the superintendent's regularity. He's he's got quite a routine going on. Yeah. He also had to be really quick on the drop. (laughs) He must drink a lot of coffee and eat a share of bran muffins to prepare because I don't think that I could just be running along, do my worst, and then yeah. and then just keep running. I, I, would, I would need some time. Yeah. That had to have been a pretty uh, well-thought-out routine. Timing is definitely critical there. I, I'm wondering if he maybe had it on his daily calendar, like 5.15, begin run. 5.45, <laughs> crap on the neighbor's track. 6.15, take a shower. 7.30, budget meeting. Yeah, always number two on the agenda, right? Oh, but enough about this super pooper. What have you got? Oh, man. So there's a meme called Florida Man that usually has links to weird and wacky news headlines about crazy stuff that people do in Florida. Because humidity makes you crazy. And apparently teachers aren't immune. A Florida science teacher has been suspended for running a signal jammer to prevent his students from using their cell phones in class. Uh, Genius. Yeah, when I first read this, I was like, oh, yeah, I've been thinking about this for years. (laughs) Uh, CBS Tampa affiliate reports that Dean Liptak was trying to get students to focus on lessons instead of their phones. Also, 
totally understandable. Right. So this is what happened. Officials say that he activated the jammer in his high school classroom for about three or four days. He later told a school district investigator he never intended to cause problems. He said uh, he thought the jammers were allowed as long as they weren't intended for malicious purposes. He apparently did ask both the sheriff's office as well as like the local police department. Oh. And they all said it was fine and it was not illegal. Apparently it is. It violates federal law. Okay. Verizon had come to the school saying that someone had a jamming device because the cell phone service was being interrupted in the area. Oh, wow. So, of course, the cell phone company is the one who's not pleased about it. But uh, <laughs> Big he, shock. He did get in pretty big trouble because apparently it violates a few federal laws to Oof. jam cell phones. So when I first read this, I thought, okay, I can see someone doing that. I know most teachers are pretty frustrated with cell phone use, and I think everyone has a one point or another suggested using some sort of jammer. But this guy has a little bit of a past. This wasn't his first time in hot water. So here's a new, different article. Okay. Same guy. Same guy. Okay. The fate of Florida science teacher Dean Liptak is unclear as parents express concern over violent questions that involve propelling students and driving over babies. What? <laughs> According to WTSP, the high school teacher in Hudson, Florida, assigned test questions like, a 50-kilogram student has a momentum of 500 kilograms per meter per second as the teacher launches him toward the wall. What is the velocity of the student <laughs> heading toward the wall? <laughs> All right, here's the next test question. A northbound car with a velocity of 100 meters per second ran over a baby with a momentum of 800 kilograms per meters per second. What is the mass of the car? Wow. So parents came and complained and uh, I think he got in a little bit of hot water for that one. So this guy has been in the news twice. I am a little surprised. Well, and maybe he's not at this point, but I'd be a little surprised if he was still teaching. That's pretty crazy. I saw a little bit about this guy. I saw his name, and so I decided to look him up. He still holds a license, and he's still on his district's teacher page. Wow. So, yeah, he's still working there. But that's not the only thing I discovered as I was looking things up. Do you know what he did for a living before he became a teacher? Maybe he worked at Radio Shack? <laughs> you would think so. But no, he was a professional wrestler. <laughs> yeah. He was one half of a tag team with his identical twin brother, Dave, who is also a teacher in Florida now. Oh, man, this gets better. Yeah, they were called the Power Twins. Oh, that's awesome. I'm thinking maybe a few too many blows to the head made him think that these ideas yeah. were actually good. And that's it for this episode of Schoolja. I hope you've enjoyed this trip down memory lane with us. And if you didn't, but you're still listening, good on you. Way to gut it out and be persistent. As always, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SchoolJapod. Send us questions, ideas for the show, and spam messages at our email address, schooljapodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website, schooljapod.com. We sure would appreciate a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, or you could just tell people about us. My wife Nikki does the music, and Corey Logan drew our logo. I do the editing, and Chad does push-ups. We'll be back next week with our last episode of the season, and we promise we'll try not to disappoint you like Game of Thrones, which, as we established last time, neither of us actually watch. Anyway, see you soon!